0: In a world searching for meaning and hope, there's a place where voices rise. Welcome to the Repurpose Podcast Network, your haven for podcasts that envelops the everyday lives of believers. Shows about relationships, news, sports, and so much more. With so much negative content defining the black experience, controlling the narrative is on the forefront. We amplify, elevate, empower black creators to share with the world their thoughts and ideas. Tune in and unlock a world of captivating content that entertains and uplifts the Repurpose Network. One message, many voices. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the James Teller Jr. Podcast. I'm excited to have you here today. Uh, I am going to talk about something very personal for me today, and that is, on July 13th um, of 2023, my wife, Jacqueline Kendra Taylor, died of mucinous ovarian cancer. She was 43 years old. Her birthday was in January 21st. Um, she has been married to me for, was married to me for 19 years and five months, and we have four beautiful children. One is in college right now, so proud of her, my oldest daughter, and I have three in high school, sophomore, junior, and senior. So in three years, I will be an empty nester. And so today is a tough topic for me because it has to be personal. Uh, I'll try not to get too emotional about it, but I do want to talk about it because it's something that I am uh, passionate about. And This is going to be part one of my journey as a widower, and the title is Things I Could Do Different. You know, if I had a second chance, I have a second chance, and I'm going to give you the four points just in case I don't get through them all because of being overly emotional. More time, more presence, more love, less me. More time, more presence, or love, less me. Let's just start out with more time. One of the things that I did was I chased the American dream. In the nineteen years and five months that I've been married, I would probably say, fourteen or fifteen of them, and maybe all of them. I don't know because I still haven't processed the last five years because the last five years, has been different for me. Uh, two years is of COVID. Uh, uh, two years of COVID, and after two years of COVID, my wife had cancer for almost two years, and then before that, I had a daughter who was going through a lot, thoughts of suicide, different struggles. So my last five years broke me in a way that I did not realize. When I first got married, me and my wife really struggled. And my biggest goal was to be financially stable. At all costs, I wanted to make good money. And me being a child of foster care system and physical abuse and growing up in poverty and then taken in by my grandmother and seeing my family uh, that is very of Nigerian success be very successful, the first thing I wanted to do was be a multimillionaire. I put so much emphasis on making money that I put less emphasis on being a husband and a father. And I didn't know how to be a husband and father. So you grow up in an abusive household where your father is beating on your mother. Uh, uh, My dad did some stuff that is probably one of the most unhealthy things. I've watched my father uh, sexually assault my mother in front of me with other family members. Okay, let's start out there. And I thought because I wasn't physically abusive, that that made me a better man, and it didn't. Just because you are not a physically abusive person, you can be a verbally abusive person, and your words can be detrimental. Now, me and my wife both struggle with using damaging words and stuff like that, but I think, I believe my wife did it more so because that's how we grew up, and more so she was trying to match my energy, And, and and for me, I am forever regretful about that aspect of my life. And let me say this other part. I think what I'm about to do is I'm about to expose myself. Even though I grown changed, my kids would tell you, my family members would tell you how much of a wonderful person I am, and how great of a speaker I am, and how great of a communicator. I wasn't always like that. I was a very angry and bitter young man because that's what I grew up in. And one of the things I would tell you is as I started changing. I still became more distant. So I went from being a verbal abusive person to not saying anything at all, but not being present at all, right? Not giving anybody my time, not spending time with my kids. Now, I, I do that now a lot with my kids. I'm always with them. Football games, basketball games, PTA. I'm, you know, I'm considered an All-American dad, right? I'm, I'm super involved. And I've been like this for the last 10 years. So the first 10 years, the first, and I want to give this backstory because I think it's important. The first seven years, I failed a lot. I didn't cheat on my wife with another woman, but I cheated on her with my time. Let me tell you one of the biggest mistakes that men make. Men make mistakes when they spend more time chasing money than they do pursuing their wife and pursuing their kids. When you are not there, there is no way for them to be loved on. And I need to say this because this is very important. I hear all the time that men, uh, women need to nurture children But I believe a man should nurture his wife. And when I started changing and become a better husband and my wife started seeing the character, there were things that were considered too late for her. Like she just couldn't get over how I was before. And that can happen to anybody in any marriage. When you don't give people the time and then you start trying to come around and give them time, it's a hard adjustment for them. Because now you go from being a herder to a healer and they got to give an adjustment period of you being different. Now they got to accept this different person. Then they got to turn around and start to learn how to live with this different person. So if I would make any suggestion to a young man who is married right now, I would tell you first start out making sure you don't cause verbal abuse. You don't cause uh, physical abuse. You don't have rage out moments. You don't have disrespect. Limit how much you say if you don't have self-control. That'd be the first lesson I'd tell you. Because even though I was able to change and grow, there took a period of forgiveness. And here's the sad thing. I don't get to have the sweet spot of being 60 years old with my wife, right? And just now loving on her in our twilight years. Because what happens with most couples, you learn how to grow and become better. I had to play catch up. My wife had to play catch up in areas. And let me be clear. I'm never going to tell you the flaws of my wife because I respect the fact that she is gone. I just, if, if, and I know this sounds weird, but if the person can't defend themselves, I'm not going to talk about them in any negative way. I just want you to see me as a man and learn from my mistakes. The other thing in that time is you don't give your kids the time with you. So the things you need to instill in your sons, they don't get it from you. And the things your daughters need to appreciate about a man, they don't give it from you when you don't give them time. And I want to tell you, that is is my biggest regret. This this whole thing for me is my biggest regret. I know some people will tell you all the great memories. My wife was amazing. Jackie did a lot for the kids. She was always doing stuff in the community. She loved to empower women. I will never, ever, ever, ever talk negative about her, but I will always, 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 always talk about the great things she, she did. And there were areas she superseded me in. You know what I'm saying? Superseded me in. And I have no problem with that. Here's, here's the thing that I would also say that is very important. After time, I would say the thing that I needed to give was more presence. And let me be clear about presence. I really mean present. So let me say this. More time, more presence. And when I'm, when I'm giving presence, that means that I am actually engaging with my family and I'm, I'm paying attention to them. Like when I'm sitting with my kids and they're telling me stories about their day, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not telling them hurry up and get through the story. I'm literally like, "What? Go ahead, tell me how your day was." I'm interacting with them. I'm asking them questions. I'm asking them how they're doing, because one of the things that I failed at as a parent, you know what I'm saying? And I got it right. God has blessed me. I got I I got years now with my children. God, I'm learning. I don't even know I can say that. Like, however the Lord gives, however long the Lord gives me on this earth. I'm gonna be very present with my children. My daughter was a majorette. I was the first one on camera. Her first majorette thing, she was doing a little rocking and stuff. I, I had my camera and I had gout in my foot and I had a boot, I was hobbling all the way over there to be like, ah, the pain was killing me. And I recorded the video. My son's first preseason game, a scrimmage, I was there. My, first, my son got three tackles in the, in the sack. I was there, I was present. My oldest son, he's getting in trouble right now, always messing up. I'm present, I'm there. You know what I'm saying? My older daughter's at college when she needs me, she calls me, she texts me. Uh, we bump heads, right? We bump heads tremendously. Um, there's some things she does that I don't like. There's some things that I do she don't like. But that's the part of becoming an adult. And here's the crazy thing. I'm super proud of her that she put bucks against me. Like most parents would be mad. Who do you think you talking to? No, I'm super proud. I want her to be her own woman. My oldest child is amazing and I want her to do well. Uh, And I am one of those parents that my kids could talk bad about me all day and I'm going to still show up. I might not do certain things, but if they need me, I'm showing up. My daughter could cuss me out, lie on my name, talk bad about me all day. Any one of my kids, I'm going to show up because my commitment to them has nothing to do with their commitment to me. I needed to be present, and I learned to be present by realizing that my role, and this is what I want to say about being present, being present means that you pay attention to the details of your kids' needs and wants, and you as a parent help to guide them in those needs and wants. You need to live with your kids and not for your kids, with your spouse. You need to be present with your spouse for their needs and wants. And you have to be okay with the fact that your spouse may not guarantee you everything you want in that marriage. And if I would have known that a while ago, I would have did a better job. I would have did a better job. Don't get married to have somebody serve you. Get married to serve somebody. And here's the beautiful thing I want to explain to you. If your wife serves you well and you serve her well, the majority of your time, you will spend all your time out serving your spouse. I want to read something to you that will help this put this in context for you as a man. And I hope it helps you. Uh, it's, It's a scripture in the Bible. Bear with me. I know some of you may not be Bible thumpers, but this is a great a great verse in the Bible that helps us all as men. I want to read this to you It's verse nine. Ecclesiastes 9, it says live happily with the woman you love through all the meaningless days of life that God has given you under the sun. The wife God gives you is your reward for all your earthly toil. Whatever you do, do well for when you go to the grave, there will be no, no more work or planning or knowledge or wisdom. And basically what I'm trying to tell you as a man is like, enjoy your spouse, be present with them, love them, laugh with them, grow with them, cry with them, be there to take care of their needs. And I think the thing that made me, made me so makes me so sad right now is that I'll never get to do that. Not in this particular relationship. I I, I won't be able to get to do that. I I prayed that God blesses me to get married again and have somebody to love. But I got super regrets for that because I didn't give him enough time. I didn't I wasn't present. And then thirdly, I would have gave more love. I'm a late bloomer. Right. Um, Towards the end of my uh, of my marriage, I got to be a caregiver for my wife. I had to wipe her butt. I had to bathe her. And let me be honest, I sucked at it a lot because I'm not a nurse practitioner. I'm not that. And I had to bathe her. And it was so hard because I was always worried if I was failing her. And during COVID, during the pandemic, it was very tough for our marriage. It was very tough for our kids. It was a lot of tension because everybody was cooped up in the house. There were times like, "Hey, do we even want to continue this? Do we want to do?" It? I went through a lot, and I don't regret any moment of it. And let me tell you why. I learned how to love unconditionally. Hear what I'm saying? It doesn't mean I don't have a standard of how I should be treated. It doesn't mean I don't have a standard of how. Uh, uh, I should treat somebody, but it gave me to the place where I realized that when you love somebody, you have to give all of you and you don't do it for a reward. You now uh, first Corinthians, the Bible, uh, 13th chapter says, uh, what's, uh, uh, love is kind, is patient. It's not puffed up. It doesn't want for itself. It's like it's sacrificial. Ephesians 5 says, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That means you're willing to die for that woman that you love. And then Ephesians 6, chapter 1 through 4 says, don't provoke your children to the wrath. So that means you're dying to yourself again. So everything that you do for them as a man is to love them completely, realizing that you have no guarantee that they will love you back and you don't care. Like I got to the place where I realized that my kids do not have to love me for me to love them because it would be selfish. Why love somebody would only be if they do something for you. That's not real love. Real love is saying love them in a way that would make that person know that you got their back. And yes, people will take advantage of it. And yes, people will do you wrong. If you get in a relationship with a woman, you have no guarantee that she's going to be faithful to you anyway anyway. You have no guarantee that she's going to love you fully anyway, but then you do have the guarantee that you gave your all. That's the one thing I can bank on as a man, that if you do leave me, you left something really good. That if you don't think I'm a good father, I know you lying, <laughs> right? Because I did my part. And that's all you have as a man is your word and your work. Your word is what you say you're going to do. Your work is that you did what you said. And when you do those two things, They are the most honorable thing you can ever do as a man. I'm I'm gonna say this, and it's gonna challenge you as a man. Do not get married for somebody to love you back. Get married hoping that somebody loves you back. Don't Don't raise children hoping that they turn around and acknowledge everything you do. Pray that they see what you did and become better for it. The one thing a parent can give their children is a better future by having a better character. So let me use this analogy. My ceiling, your ceiling, is your children's floor. Wherever you stop at a growth as a parent is what your children get to stand on. Your wife gauges who you are by how much you are willing to love in spite of. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody got flaws. Marriage has no perfection, it just has consistency. and has commitment. It has honor. Proverbs 21, 21 says righteousness and loyalty produces life, righteousness and honor. Every man should be righteous and loyal in his marriage. If I give you more time, if I'm more present. Right. And I give you more love, man, I'm, I'm hitting the ball out the park. And those are the regrets that I have because I didn't do those things all the time. I didn't love well. Like I told you before, I gave you the four Ps. I talked about providing and protecting, which the world is always putting in American culture that a man should have. No, a man should also be passionate. A man should also be patient, right? And a man should also, like I said before, be present. If you have those five things, you provide, you protect, you are passionate, that means you love well, you love honestly, you love in commitment, you love based on like first, first Corinthians the 13th chapter, where you're sacrificial, where you're present, where you're caring. I didn't do that all the time. I was very hypocritical. If you don't do for me, why should I do for you? If you don't enter this way, why should I do for that? And then, then I had to learn all those other tools with being patient and present, because patience is the key to success when you're parenting, and patience is the key to success when you're married. Sometimes if we would just take a step back before we reacted in our marriages, they'd be healthier. And you jokers keep making marriage a group project. Don't let your boys walk you down the aisle and you looking at the exits. That's what people do now. People walk down the aisle looking at the exit. Well, if it don't work out, i get a divorce. Well, you you got to take the D word out of your life. You got to take the word divorce out of your marriage. I'm, I'm saying this. For any young couple who is married right now, you're having a tough time in your marriage. You do not want to be in my shoes. I'm challenging you. I'm pushing you to realize that you have to give more time. You have to be more present. You have to give more love. And when you give more love, you will grow, which leads me to my last point less of me this this is the part that i think every man would be great if he came to the end of himself what do you mean come to the end of yourself that means i am dying to this ideology that i have to be in control but i am i am at the ideology of if i am the best of who i am i let the chips fall where they may as long as i did my part I will trust God and I will trust everything else to be taken care of. The rest will be handled. I got to die to myself. I cannot make it all about me. I cannot make it about all of what I want and how I think everybody need to operate because I lose the opportunity to give people my best. If I only do it for the reward of somebody patting me on my back, once I don't get the pat on my back, I lose the value of it. You have to do the right thing at the right time for the right reasons with the right motivation. You have to do the right thing at the right time for the right reason with the right motivation. My motivation has always been to love the Lord thy God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love my neighbor as thyself. I start with God's love because he first loved me. He was sacrificial. Then he told me to love my wife as Christ loved the church. Right. Then then he talks about love thy neighbor. Then I look at the righteousness part where he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness based on Matthew 6. Right. And 33. The righteousness for me is that if I grow up as a man and I become better as a human being, I do it out of the fact that this is my responsibility and I do it out of the fact of love. I'm never going to serve my family looking for a personal reward from them. I'm going to always serve my family because it's the right thing to do at the right time for the right reasons and the right motivation. And the motivation is this is who I am as a person. If you don't get anything else I say as a man, the biggest regret is I am at the peak of being the best husband and father I could possibly be, but I no longer have a wife to serve. Imagine Getting to the place where you can give somebody total love and you're sacrificial. When you come to the end of yourself, you are a sacrificial man. It is no longer about you. It is about them. This is my phrase that I live by. At your service for his glory. That means I'm at your service for the glory of God. Now, if you're not a believer, this ain't for you. But for those of you who are, this is how God has wired me as a man. I am at your service for his glory. I don't care about me no more, God can get all the credit. If I help my kids, my kids do well and they never acknowledge me, God saw what I did. So now my work is to please God, whether anybody acknowledges me at all. You know what that does? That removes the pressure of me being validated by another human being. That removes the pressure of me being validated by another friend. And right now in my life, I have no one to give this into me love. And it breaks my heart. If I wasn't focused right now, I'd be in tears. Because I have to wake up at night and realize that I could have done so much more for my wife had I gotten to the place where I am now in my character. And I'll be transparent, man. There are people on my wife's side of the family talk about me like a dog. Never been around me. Never hung with me. Don't even talk to my kids. Don't see them. Don't visit them. Talk to me like a dog. But I know what I'm doing now. I ain't worried about that and I don't hate nobody, I'm not bitter, I'm not frustrated, I had one assignment to make sure my wife's funeral was amazing, and it was, and I wanted to make sure I honored her family. Even though I may not have been honored by them, I could care less. And there were people that didn't even show up. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm putting my business out there because I want everybody to learn from my mistake. There were people who were dogging me that were siblings that never even showed up to the funeral didn't help with the funeral, didn't care to help with the funeral, did a lot of dogging, tried to do a lot of illegal stuff. And I'm gonna say it again, vengeance is mine, say it alone, I won't touch nobody or dog nobody or say anybody's name, but I know God know who they are. And did I feel like it was my fault that they treated me that way? No, I ain't gonna let nobody make me guilty about other people that I ain't never had no dealings with. But when it comes to that woman, I could have did a better job. Every man should come to the end of himself and stop worrying about trying to be the man. Every man should humble himself and realize that the more you are arrogant, the more you have ego, the more you're disrespectful, the more you tear down, the less you have time to give your family the best of you. And the only way you can get the best of you is to die to you. There's a scripture in the Bible, and I know I'm using a lot of verses, but I think you need to hear them. This is one of the verses that's most powerful. I died. You need to die so you can live. What Jesus was saying in that part of the verse, he was like, "Yo, at the end of the day, if you die to that old man, get rid of that arrogance, get rid of that pride, that new man who's loving, who's kind, who's gracious will show up. You need to come to the end of that ego, the end of that pride, so you can be a vulnerable person, that you can be a diligent, diligent in the way you love your family, diligent in the way you love your family. I, I I'm, I'm okay." We're revealing my failure. If it will help another young man who's married to look at his marriage and say, you don't want to wake up day, wake up one day, excuse me, losing someone or get 30, 40 years in. And that person passes and you never really knew them and you never really loved them. That's one of the biggest regrets. I didn't get more time. I didn't get more (laughs) presence. Right. Uh, 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 I didn't give more love, and I didn't give less of me. I should have gave less of my ego, less of my pride, less of those things. And I'm going to say it redundantly because I think it's one of the things that men need to do more. I was talking to my family member, and i close with this. I was talking to one of my family members about making this video, and he's like, I wouldn't do it. He was like, you were treated poorly. People were disrespectful to you at the funeral. People was causing strife, doing all type of crazy stuff. And I told him I wouldn't know. I don't know nothing So I was so focused on making sure that my wife was honored and respected at that moment that I didn't know nothing until everybody told me. And can I be honest with y'all, I asked people not to tell me what happened. I just want the last memory with with her um, is when I got to go to the funeral home and see her look so peaceful and kiss her forehead and say goodbye. Or when I see so many people honor her and remember her, her funeral was packed with a lot of love. And I know for me as a man, there are areas where I could have been better. So I'm I'm gonna close with saying this, every young man that is married, that is getting as engaged, that's getting ready to build, be the best version of yourself for your wife and your kids. Do not walk down that aisle looking at the exits. Do not walk down that aisle trying to get your wife to be somebody you want her to be, but love her for who she is. And I guarantee you, listen to me, nobody believes me when I'm saying this. God going to do two things. She either going to get on board or love you well, He's he going to remove her. And that's what you got to trust. You got to trust that you do the right thing. But like I used to tell my wife, and I want you to tell your wife and tell your kids, I ain't going nowhere. You want to leave? You gonna have to leave me, cause I ain't never gonna leave you. If I ever get married again, my favorite my favorite line to my wife is gonna always be: "If you leave me, I'm going with you. You'll get it when you get home." That that that's gonna be my favorite line to my kids right now. Uh, 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 your daddy gonna be the best dad you ever have. You you may not have had a great grandfather, a good grandfather to take care of you and be there for you, but when I become a grandfather, to your kids. I'm going to be on my job. And that's the only thing I can offer, y'all. I, I, it's probably one of the hardest conversations for me to have because I'm exposing myself for the betterment of the next generation of men. I hope you understand that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to have all the answers. We just have to be consistently growing. Last thing, your ceiling your ceiling is your children's floor. Where you stop at is where they stand. When you hit the top, that's their floor. That's when they grow in. In your marriage, come to the end of yourself. More about her, less than you. It doesn't mean you're a doormat and all that. And I know you want to be loved. I know you want to be careful. And I know you want her to respect you and honor you and do all those things. But love her so well that she'll either get on board or get out the way. That's one thing I can say that's true. It will happen. It will happen. They will get out the way or they'll get on board. And that's one thing about pressures. When you're a good man, you ain't gotta do all that crazy. Nut. The problem is we don't trust the good man part. We feel like we gotta control the narrative. If you do that, you'll be just fine. And I wanna say this to anybody who's married. I said this phrase before and one of the other ones, but I'm gonna say it again. Hold your spouse accountable for the moment, but don't make them responsible for a lifetime. Don't hold it over their head, forgive. Don't walk into marriage without forgiving. Don't walk into marriage without loving. Don't be in a marriage without dating and giving quality time. You don't want to be in my shoes. My wife died young. What's so sad is my wife died at 43. Her mother died at 42. I still wrestle with it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know you know, i probably have an episode about that, but I'm trying to figure out what does God mean and all that. Because one of the things I said to myself was, why do God take good people? And I learned that some of us who are bad need more time. My wife got it right. She went to be with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. She's in heaven rejoicing and living a great life. She ain't sick no more. She used to be in a lot of pain. She ain't in pain no more. She's able to just be happy and, um, and live our life. You know, I'm not even worried about me anymore. Sometimes I just think about my kids and can they have... You know, watching my son come in the room and cry at night and hold me, and I have to hold him in, the, in my arms, and he's just thinking about his mother, and I don't have any answers because he's trying to figure out why. <laughs> or my oldest daughter, who has to battle a lot of different things and people saying all this type of crazy stuff, and she's got to navigate that as a young adult. Or my baby boy, who's six, five, and 15, phenomenal athlete, and he'll have a whole basketball game, and, and he'll think about his mother the whole time or play a football game and think about his mother, or my daughter who has her mother's personality in mind, and just to see so much of Jackie in her, you know? Man, love your wife well, fellas. Don't fight over the small things, man, the stupid, frivolous arguments, man, because you could wake up one day and get a phone call and be told that your wife is gone. Are you gonna have a child and lose that relationship that they don't talk to you anymore? Or something. I'm blessed that I get to talk to my kids and all that, but in this video, whatever it takes to make a man better, I'll take the L. I'll take the L, man. Judge me, make fun of me in the comments, do whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, don't be in my shoes. Hey. Remember to always love, pray, serve, and share. You can do that where? any and everywhere. Have a blessed one, y'all.